Welcome to That Fat Author, a podcast journey through the creation of a novel. Each week, we'll check in with author Jessica Jones as she tells us about the trials, tribulations, and successes of writing a new work of fiction. Welcome to another edition of That Fat Author. I'm your host, Corey Munson, and I'm joined as I am every week by Jessica Jones. Hello, everybody. We like to start out each show by finding out what you've been up to this week. Yeah, so this week was really just focusing on my time-traveling book. Well, a little recap. So all of our characters are back in time to high school. Last chapter was Christina. And this chapter I worked on this week was Tim, a.k.a. Blaze. Blaze is his real name. Tim is the name that he uses in the future because he's a famous musician. I actually am having a really good time working on his chapter. His background is very interesting to me. As I recall last week, or maybe a few weeks ago, we talked about how he was kind of messed up on drugs and alcohol when he time-traveled, and there was some concern that might affect him. How did that turn out? I had to really think about this chapter, and so what was interesting is we learn what his life was like. He did not come from a very wealthy family at all. They live up above his mom's uh, new age shop. His parents are very big hippies. And they also had him when they were a lot older. They were in their, I think, mid-40s. He just had to deal with a lot growing up. And his parents are very into weed, very into, you know, organic substances. And so he kind of went the opposite route when he was younger. And he was very anti-drugs, anti-everything. Um, his dad always gave him a hard time about being a goody-goody, about letting loose a little bit. And so for them, he was very uptight. Well, what ended up happening is when he went back, the chapter starts out as him waking up and feeling great. He goes out, he's getting ready for school, you know, he's doing awesome. And then he goes down to the shop to see his mom and she's like, what are you doing out of bed? And she's looking at him really weird. And all of a sudden he goes to talk and he can't talk. He starts kind of freaking out not sure what's happening, grabs a piece of paper and asks her what happened to me. And she describes how the night before when he time traveled back, which she doesn't know that, but it's when he traveled back, he was going through withdrawal really bad. He was kind of blacked out. His parents found him in the kitchen, searching everywhere, searching the house, looking for something. And he was, and she said, you know, you were mumbling about your assistant getting you drugs and, Because earlier in earlier chapters, that's how he gets his drugs later on. His assistant gets them for him. And so his dad just gives him his weed and he just smokes all of it. And he just can't get enough. And so he's actually burned his throat and lost his voice because, you know, he went from zero to 60. He, at that point, had never touched drugs, alcohol, anything. He finds this very interesting because... He's like, well, crap, I am an 18-year-old that my body has never done drugs, but yet his brain, I mean, he's been doing drugs for 15 years now. He's not quite sure what to do. Sounds complicated. It is. I know that was kind of a big explanation, and it is complicated, but that's what I like about it. We talked a little bit earlier about what's the chemical reaction of withdrawal and psychological 
And so he's going to have to struggle with that because one of the reasons he went back in time was to not do drugs the night of prom because he feels like that was the moment that changed the course of his life. Because obviously that was the moment he took drugs for the first time and went down the road of addiction. And so he wanted to go back and not do drugs and see what his future would be like. Well, now he has to try and do that while having a brain of 15 years of doing drugs and addiction and knowing what it feels like. And so will he be able to overcome that that need or will he just fall back into same patterns or if not worse patterns than before? So tell us a little bit about what you learned about yourself this week through this process. Something that I really thought a lot about this week, and it didn't have anything to really do with my book per se, about what happens to a writer when they die. And this is really deep, I know, and kind of crazy, but it's been weighing heavily on me. My mom, her best friend, Anita, has cancer. She's had cancer several times and has beat it. But this time was just too much for her. And so I just found out this weekend that she decided to stop her chemotherapy treatment and called in hospice. And so it's just a matter of time. I start thinking about her because, well, because of that, but also she's a writer. She's part of um, RWA, Romance Writers of America. She's written for a long time. She's one person that I was able to actually like talk to about writing because that's not a big thing in my family. We would have little discussions about her romance books that she was writing. And then as she got older, she kind of progressed more into nonfiction, learning about um, our area, about her family from the Czech Republic, things like that. And so we just kind of bonded over that one thing that for both of us, we didn't know anybody else that did that. We didn't know other writers. All of a sudden, as a writer, my first thought with that was, who's going to tell her stories? Like, she has these stories, these half-written books, these tales that she wanted to tell, and now she's dying. It really got me thinking about what happens. I mean, I started panicking and I started thinking, oh my gosh, I need to get a hold of her and say, give me your research. Give me your half-written books. Let me... Let me keep your stories going. Like, I got super panicked about it, and I still am. And I want to get a hold of her and say, is there anything I can do? Is there any way I can get your words out there? And then it really got me thinking about my writing. I have, what, five, six story ideas that are just sitting there waiting. And I just think, what if I don't get to them? They'll never be out there. They'll never be shared. And and some of these ideas, I think, could really help people and really make a difference. And I thought about my Becoming Dylan book that's with the agent right now and how much I really want her to get out there. And and it's just very panicked feeling and a feeling of so much sadness and how really your words die with you and how important it is to get your thoughts and your words out there for everyone. And I think right now we're in such a great time because of self-publishing and being able to get your words out there no matter what. And it just, it's been weighing heavily on me this week for sure. It kind of makes me just wonder, you know, what happens to your words? I know we've talked about my blog 
So I haven't written it yet, but this week I'm going to write kind of a blog entry with a little bit more in-depth thoughts and feelings about, about this. And we'll be right back after this break. Just as a reminder, you can connect with Jessica Jones via email at thatfatauthor at gmail.com, by searching for That Fat Author on Twitter, or by visiting thatfatauthor.tumblr.com. We'll be back with more from this edition of That Fat Author right after this. I know I've always kind of used a yardstick for success where I said, if people come to my funeral that I don't even know, and if people I don't know, I've never met in my life, are actually sad that I'm gone, that way I'll know that I was successful. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's interesting to think about those legacies, what you leave behind and what you leave incomplete. Exactly. And, you know, some of my most treasured things from my dad from when he passed away and I didn't get them till I was much older are some of his poems that he wrote and some of the things like just random writings that he had and now I've been thinking about that like you know what are people going to think when they find my notebooks what are they going to think you know when they find these random treasures I hope that I can leave that behind and I hope that Anita's family really treasures that. And because your words are so intimate and such a personal part of you that I think it gives you maybe some comfort and some knowing about the person that has left. I want to jump off of that idea a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah. I know you are pretty consistent with keeping a journal, and you've done that for many Mm -hmm. years as well. What do you think the value of the journaling process in light of this discussion is? You know, I've always loved the idea of journaling. I've just never been great at it. But in 2008, I decided that I was going to, you know, try to journal somewhat consistently. You know, some years I have 200 pages written of just journal entries the next year, I, I think I have one year where I only have like 30. Like I that year I was just super busy. I didn't have a lot of time. But I love going back and looking because it's like a snapshot of that time of my life. When, you know, I can look back and say, oh, look at that person. If I only would have known then what I know now, kind of like my book. <laughs> uh, and I do think about, you know, when I'm gone, do people, you know, what will people think of me? Because journaling is very, very intimate. It's very emotional. Also, as you know, I tend to write when I'm upset. (laughs) So my journal entries aren't exactly always rational. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's a great way for people years down the road to know who you were. And it's a great way for you to see who you were and to maybe learn from that. And maybe a less profound example, I have really enjoyed using facebook's option where you can Mm. look back on this date years prior and see what you were talking about see what you were listening to at that time yeah isn't it interesting how there's so many ways that we leave ourselves behind now 
like a legacy, especially, you know, our generation and younger about, I mean, now we have social media and I mean, I've had a few people that I know that have died and you can go to their Facebook page and see things that they've written, go to their Twitter. I mean, it's kind of weird, but it's also weirdly comforting. I know some people don't like that. And I know there's been a lot of backlash about that kind of stuff, but I think, you know what, I would be thrilled if I knew 10 years from now or 10 years and not from now, but 10 years from when I died, people were still, you know, writing on my wall, remembering me. I mean, I think that, isn't that what we all want is people to remember you mm-hmm. and to publicly remember someone I think is just as important, just as profound as doing it privately. Well, this has been a little bit of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, sorry, everybody. <laughs> but I think it's still an interesting and important discussion. So thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for letting me, you know, kind of bear my thoughts and feelings out. I promise uh, next week we'll try to liven the mood a little bit. So drugs and death aside, <laughs> tell us what you've got coming up this week. So now we have Christina and... Uh, Blaze, a.k.a. Tim. We got their chapters done. For next week, I would love to get Corey and Josh's chapters written. But honestly, even if I just get Corey's chapter written, I'll be happy. I I know nothing about my character Corey's background. That's kind of where I was with Tim. And it was really fun to write it. And so I'm hoping uh, Corey's will be just as an adventure. Thank you, as always, for joining us. I'm Corey Munson. And I'm Jessica Jones. You can connect with Jessica Jones at any time via Twitter at ThatFatAuthor or over email by emailing ThatFatAuthor at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with more from That Fat Author. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye.